indeed, girl. You out here trying to um, shade me about my microphone. Okay. But it's the truth. <laughs> oh, is it though? Absolutely. Or is it an opinion? Is it, it is. Your opinion? It's my truth. Okay. So it can be your opinion if that it's my truth. Speaking of you, who are you? I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And this is He Said, He Said, the <laughs> podcast that continues to make you go, hmm. Yes. Here we are. We are back another week. Before we, we get started, we always like to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on all streaming services. We are also on social media at the handle He Said, He Said Pod. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. And also, if you're on Facebook, join our We Said Sound Off which is basically your group for you to just talk shit with us. So yes. join us yes, and yes, be yes. a mess. Any like things you see out in these internet streets that you think uh, it's funny, you think it's relevant to the current And uh, we've climate. lifted some things sometimes into the show. So Indeed. So yes, we would love to have more people join. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, I guess we will move on to Love It or Shade It. Oh, you just went right into it this week. Oh, my god! And yes, I mean, we have a full docket here. Oh, my okay? God. And my hands were swollen. Oh. I just feel like, ugh. Are you okay? Yeah, I just need to like, okay. I need to eat less salt. Oh, that's probably a great idea. I know. All right. So my Shade It this week, because of course I have a Shade It, uh, you know, yeah. it's, we're Wind just out, living. Shade It out. We're living in a, in a just the days of grievances. So mm. um, my Shade It is to these idiots in America who feel compelled to hold on to the vestiges of slavery. Vestiges. And Ooh. the Confederacy. What's a vestige? Okay. You know, like statues of okay. Confederate I was like, soldiers. Like vegetables? <laughs> like vest- Girl, I had a good vestiges <laughs> yesterday. It was good on my plate. <laughs> a plate full of vestiges. <laughs> so That's what it sounds you like. have me laughing and I'm supposed to be upset about this. Okay? okay. So stop making me laugh. Well, sometimes you can be upset and laugh at it because it gets you through it. I mean, I guess. But, you know, basically what I'm talking about um, would be these debates that are raging and really kind of all over the nation, mm-hmm. but obviously primarily kind of like in the South and, um, you know, places where the Confederacy and the Confederate Army still kind of mm-hmm. holds a special place in some some people's hearts. Um, but it's just crazy to me because this type of iconography, you know, whether it be I the statues know. or whether it be names of army bases um, or, you know, quite frankly, the Confederate flag itself. These are just things that are not, you know, an example of America at its best. Mm-mm. OK, Mm-mm. so the fact that it's even debatable right now, what that says to me is it says a lot about the values that a lot of Americans hold. Mm-hmm. Cause you, just cause you like fish, you ain't going to serve sour, um, stale fish. <laughs> Wait, what? You know, like let people understand, like I always like to find uh, an analogy that is relatable just cause you like fish. Just cause you go to a restaurant and fish is on the menu. doesn't mean you want bad fish. You want good fish, right? Okay. So sure. why would you, you sure. know, not all not all fish is are created equal. But it's interesting because <laughs> the, the, the people, I am so confused. Me too. But, <laughs> but it didn't go the direction I thought. <laughs> the vestiges were I have all an analogy wrong. for you later, a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But the, um you know what people will say or like the predominant argument that I hear or read about this and the people who are supporting these types of things is that these are very important parts of history and American history that you're erasing if you pull these statues down or if you don't fly the flag. They still in the the book. Exactly. And the history book. That's a crock full of shit. Like I don't, you know, hold up or I don't think that that's a valid argument 
at all. And, you know, you said analogy. The analogy that I saw was actually in a meme mm-hmm. um, was basically, and I'm paraphrasing, but it said, you know, Christians think that Satan, the devil, was very important to mm-hmm. religion but and to their religion. In the church. But you don't see statues of the devil in um, religious institutions. You know, you don't have, you know, the church of, well, you do have a church of Satan, but yeah, yeah, (laughs) there are Satanists, but you know, specifically, I didn't know they had had organized places to go. Yes, they have, they have a religion. I didn't people know. Who worship the devil. Yeah. I did not know. Oh yeah, I, I knew. I knew that. If I you knew that. They, I didn't know that there was a church where they um asked oh. for money and say, oh, "Hey, okay. we, and a pastor." Well, up yeah, there. there definitely is. Um, because we see the Satanists sometimes, um, out marching, like during oh, Pride yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like those are Satanists. But, um, we digress. So you know, but essentially, I this really made it crystal clear for me, and I shared it because I was like, okay, this really makes sense because it's like that's true. Even though the devil, you know, is an important part of religion, mm-hmm. we don't, um, you know, put him up on a pedestal and mm-hmm. make statues or name things after him because it's fucking negative. So yeah, what I was deviled saying, eggs. What <laughs> there are things, yeah, deviled, deviled eggs. eggs. Okay. Um, velvet. You uh, think that you think the devil eggs have to do with Satan? Have you ever ate a whole <laughs> six of them and had gas? You know what? Anyway, what that I say is to these the people is, I'm shading them. Get a fucking life. The Confederacy lasted for two years, two two whole years. And if this is what you have to defend, you need to get yourself together and look inward because, quite frankly, you're probably a closet racist. Ooh, oh wow! Oh wow! The deviled eggs bitch what is your love it and red what is it called red development you know what no i, that's, no, that's not, I think that's, that's you, that's you should just devil. tell us what your love well i have is. a lo- oh i have a love it this week and it is shout out to beyonce and zarina her stylist um they launched yes uh, well zarina's, Lena's, zarina's been doing this for a bit but it actually was formally announced with um short with with the packaging of Beyonce's song that we will talk about later, Black Parade. But I'm loving every second of this because... I'm doing this, a soul clap right I now. I know. I, I hear it. I think <laughs> I think everyone hears the clap. Um, I can hear it. I hope you don't hear a clap. That's no, the most. No, you can't. Uh, but I'm not talking about that clap. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that we should celebrate this because it yes. is... You know, black-owned businesses, um, a lot of people have been curious about how to, how to support black-owned businesses. So if you go on Instagram... You will see Black Owned Everything is the Instagram um, that Zarina has curated um, style, like anything from style to there's a black owned car manufacturer that um, she highlighted and found. Um, Beyonce, if you go on her site, she has listed, I think it's over a thousand businesses that you can support anything from healthcare to, um, as I mentioned, fashion and other things, um, home, etc. But I think it's important to highlight this because I think a lot of people, again, are trying to figure out how to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I, it triggered was the show, the Netflix show called film or series called Trigger Warning with Killer Mike. And it was mm-hmm. the first episode of the season that he was saying that um, he was examining buying black for an entire, I think, a day or two. I can't remember the time frame, but it essentially was a it was because it's statistics are saying a dollar only circulates in the black community for less than six hours compared to 28 days uh, within the Asian community, just Mm. to compare another minority group. So focusing on these black businesses will help create more revenue 
um, and in more employees and more businesses and, and, and obviously more exposure to these, um, to a group of business owners that likely in some cases are, um, are not being exposed in such platforms. So right. having, and allowing that money to circulate longer within the, the community. community. So right. having, and that being a form of protest. And I think that the people need to realize that is where you place your dollars also matters. So you can see these small businesses that are highlighted. Feel free to go on Instagram. Feel free to go on Beyonce.com. Follow Zarina Acres or Black Owned Everything. And um, it's actually at black.owned.everything. Yes. And that is something that I think all of us should be curious about how we can give back, find things, like things, follow things, share things, and spend the coins, even if you got two or three. And what I also found interesting because I, I went down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love a good rabbit hole. Is that among the cities, New York City has the most black-owned businesses mm-hmm. with over 250,000. Mm-hmm. It actually is almost 10% of all the nation's black-owned businesses, which is kind of crazy ridiculous. to think about. Mm-hmm. Followed by Atlanta. Also makes um, sense. What's really interesting is Detroit and Memphis is also were also listed. Um, but what the counties that were listed was... Cook County, which is in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, Illinois, that area, it had the most black owned business with with one hundred and ten thousand, accounting for four point three percent of all the nations, just in that county, mm-hmm. all the nation's black owned businesses. So, be curious. I think that you should, you know, follow the sites. There, there's various types of ways you can find black owned businesses. But I just want to love that, you know. Two black women are using their platform mm-hmm. um, to not just be great, but also bring pe- bring greatness with along with them. So, yeah, I mean, shout out to Zarina. We have to try to get her on the on the show one of these days, mm. but she's definitely doing her thing. And um, it certainly is appreciated because she's doing it for the culture. And I mean, talk about using your platform for yeah, and then for Beyonce to change. recognize what right. she's doing and then right. releasing a song. Um Yes, and we'll talk we'll about that later. later. But yeah. ultimately, I'm loving it because it it just shows that everyone has a platform. Everyone has a wallet. Now, how do you share? Come so. on, yin and yang. We in here. I had a little shading. You had a little love it. I love that. <sighs> I love it. It's a balance. The yin yang twins. It's, it's, a, it's a balance. All right. So I guess we'll get into it then. Um, and the first story um, and it's actually two stories. They're actually updates and unfiltered and unbothered today. Um, we actually mentioned, I think it was last week, the murder of Dominique Fells. She um, was a um, or a trans black woman living in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who was brutally murdered. Um, you know, on the banks of of the Schuylkill River, which we mm. are both very familiar with. Um, you know where this happened. Um, but the good thing that, um, you know, we found out this week was that there is a suspect suspect who has been identified. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is, um, Akhenaten Ak Jones, 36. They had his address, girl, 3900 okay. block of Powelton Avenue. They did not I play. said, um, all right. It was in the story. Um, and, um, what they're charging, um, Mr. Jones with is murder, Tampering with evidence, abuse of corpse, and related offenses. Um, if you remember, this murder was pretty brutal. Um, and what I actually found out this week is that because we said that the body was mutilated, well, they think that the legs were severed from a train. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know. But Girl. I mean, it's really, really awful. Um, and I'm just glad to hear that this is something that Philly PD has been taking seriously, okay. obviously. 
Um, and probably part of that is because it's caught really national attention and not just For local. Sure. Where with a lot of these killings of black trans people, they kind of remain local mm-hmm. um, and don't really bubble up. But in mm-hmm. this particular case, this has become a national story. I also saw that the members of the Pennsylvania Legislative Black Caucus um, mourned Dominique's death and they made mention of the fact that there really is an issue with, um, you know, violence against trans people and that it's, it's a crisis. So that was really good to see. So mm-hmm. I, it, all in all, I would say that if anything, um, this makes me just feel like maybe we're reaching a point where the tide is turning maybe. with these types of things, but we'll have to keep an eye on that. And it just goes to show that like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm nobody's, police officer or Mm -hmm. investigator or detective but the fact that they were able to from june 8th to now tie the the unfortunate death of of her to a man and find him and get him and Mm -hmm. well not get him yet i think they're just like have a warrant out out. but like you know they're but identify him identify him like that shows quickness in process um and i also want to acknowledge that many outlets that are reporting on this are gendering her uh, appropriately yes. so i think that that is also something to acknowledge because for sure that is we've talked about on multiple occasions yeah, that's a, huge is issue. a part of you know of the problem yeah so. part of, of why we can't even trust the numbers of you know exactly. when they say that trans people you know have been killed we can't trust those numbers because of misgendering mm-hmm. um and then the other is um i guess a, a little less heavy so we did uh, if you've had a chance to listen to last week's episode which um, was the white thing to do. We talked and Jay actually um, made mention of the fact that the person that burned down the Wendy's where Rayshard Brooks was killed was actually a white woman. And Mm -hmm. I hadn't heard that. And I I saw it on Twitter. I was a little surprised by it, but then not really surprised about it because a lot of the fires that are being started are actually by white Mm -hmm. folks. Okay. We didn't start the fire. Okay. It's, 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 it's true. Um, In most, in most cases. Okay. No, I was thinking Billy Joel, but it's fine. Um, well, apparently now her. they are saying, and they being the authorities, are saying that um, the woman who is the suspect actually is personally linked, allegedly, to Rayshard Brooks. But like so, how? An arrest warrant has been issued for Natalie White. Come her on, last Nat- name is she, White. Natalie she Caucasian. Is white, the white thing to do. I just, I can't. Um, for first degree arson, and this is according to Atlanta Fire Sergeant Cortez Stafford. <laughs> you feel bad for Wendy? Mm-hmm. Wendy will be okay, dear. Wendy will be. And Dave Roberts better, was his name, right? Dave, better than Dave okay. Roberts? I, why do I think Dave Roberts is a journalist? Or Dave Jones? I don't know, bitch. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Okay, so in body cam video um, that police released last week, Brooks can be heard telling officers that White is his girlfriend. So was she there? Girl, I, I don't know if she was there, but what I know Like, was is she that, there when it happened? Like, I was a little confused by it, but also just like... I just saw she was in the drive-thru when she was burning it up. <laughs> well, they, they have, um like, video of her doing it, right? Because that's yeah. what you said last week. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, um, this person, um, the Dave fire Thomas. sergeant... Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm glad you worked that out. Um, But, yeah, so the fire sergeant, uh, Cortez Stafford also said that more suspects could be involved so again a developing story it's just like the plot thickens um you know we will have to see what happens did we didn't talk about the charges that were brought did we 
Um, uh, I don't think so. Against the officers. No. But maybe we'll talk about that another time. But, you know, again, Just know that bitches is charged. No, it doesn't mean they're going to jail. That is very, very true. But they're charged. Very true. Okay, so moving on. Um, we did also want to just acknowledge the hangings that have been, been happening mm-hmm. nationwide. Um, you know, uh, most of you, if not all of you, probably have already heard but um, there have been a string of hangings involving black and Hispanic Americans. Um, and we're now up to six people who have died um, you know, by hanging uh, in this country in a very, very short period of time. Mm-hmm. So couple weeks. since May 27th, one woman, four men and a teenage boy have been found dead from separate hangings. And this is, again, nationwide. So Portland. Southern California, Houston, and even New York City. Mm. Um, so, so far, officials have ruled every case is suicide. Mm. And that obviously is controversial because, you know, there is this pretty popular opinion, especially amongst black people, that, you know, black people don't hang themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I would like to believe that that's the case, I think that we don't know what people will do if they're in a certain mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, or mental state, I should mm-hmm. say. So, you know, I don't know that I definitely, I don't, I don't know that I definitively agree with that assessment of the black community because again, the black community is not a monolith. So, um, you know, just to be clear, uh, the first uh, case was actually a trans woman, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't realize until I did my research for this week. Um, Otis T.T. Gully, a 31-year-old uh, homeless black transgender woman. She was the first one who was found um, in Portland. And then again, we've had additional cases. So when I started looking into this, what I found was that at least two of the cases, mm-hmm. they have video footage. Of them. Of them. And, and it, so we haven't seen the footage. The footage, mm-hmm. I, this, this doesn't feel to me like footage that will ever actually yeah, be released. we don't need to see but the evidence. But there is footage that actually shows, I guess, from what I've read, that at least in two of these cases, it was more than likely a suicide. Mm. And in those two cases, the family knew that the mm. these individuals had suicidal Suicide tendencies. So I think that there's a, there's a few things that to kind of just like remember when you hear about stuff like this, which is the, the first thing that went through my mind was just, you know, what uh, an example of the importance of mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about mental health mm-hmm. so many times throughout our two years of doing this, um, but it's very important. And, you know, culturally, in, in my opinion, I think that black people are less likely to seek mm-hmm. mental health. But I also like been now we're talking through this, like mental health is a serious thing. Mm-hmm. And obviously people where they are in that journey of their mental health could it takes them on different journeys. So some, they may have logically said, I need to, I, I can't live my life anymore. And right. I'm going to, as a form of protest right. against what's happening, I'm going to do it. In I'm going to do it in this very political way right. to cause, to ignite conversation. Right. And not that I'm saying that anyone should do that, but what I'm right. saying no, is I get, that I get what you're saying. like, you know, you have to, in, in order for you to empathize with people, you need to try to get your head in that space of where mm-hmm. they might be or what they might be experiencing because that's where you where you learn the most right. and where you might be challenged in your thoughts. So just thinking yeah, about now, where you, it's like, okay, where you like, lay your assumptions to the, to the side. So I think at the end of the day, like, it, you know, these are, these are six people that yeah. have made the choice to end their lives for whatever reason. Allegedly. Allegedly. And, and I, and or, I, 
were forced to end right. their life. And I don't know. And, and I mean, I, I don't know. And we don't know if they all actually were suicides. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's just it's it's really um, eye opening. I, mean, I think when country, you hear the family, because in yes. one case, the family came out and said, we've seen the video. And yeah. we, it, it appears that he did, in fact, kill himself. And I think also the country is more conscious about yeah. what's happening. Right. And that this is happening to black people. Yeah. And how it's happening, you know, is up for discussion, debate, and also, um, you know, research of the professionals. But it also, the country, I think, right now is more conscious than ever about the death of and how. And in this case, the like the action, the performative action of walking down the street and seeing someone hanging like that, 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 that for black people, for anyone that has, has, a, has a conscious, um, realizes that, that, that there's historical context to, yes, to this, that is not, Definitely. that is not positive. Yeah, no, for sure. So that's another case that, or another issue, cause there are multiple cases that we will continue to follow. Um, because I really do think that it will be interesting to see what the results of the continued investigations mm-hmm. are to, you know, to be clear, the FBI is also involved now because mm-hmm. they are wanting to make sure that, um, you know, federal laws have not been broken because, you know, hate crimes are definitely a, mm-hmm. a federal, um, offense. So we as, will, so as of today, who knows what will happen in the next <laughs> hundred plus year, days. No, it will all, I think that will, that will always be, but the I case. think, I think, yeah, so I hope so. Yeah. But so you never know. again, developing. So I think what also I want to take knowledge to our listeners is that our show started two years ago on a much different, we were at a much different space mm-hmm. and we actually um, were on the glow up this past week. And we talked about that with Casey um, and the episodes live now, but we were talking about how like our show has evolved from what's happening mm-hmm. um, and how we still try to find, you know, stories that matter, that matter to us that you need to know about that may not be light and fluffy about, you know, and bringing a squirrel on a plane um or you know that's one of my favorite stories. or no my one of my favorite stories actually <laughs> which we could talk about that we could probably go on a whole tangent is we should do a show about that about when we talked about the um pita giving um the words i think mel was on that episode. oh yes 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 um, they were softening different softening like, terms. different things yeah. that had to do with like animal like animal animal cruelty or whatever Foolish. And no, for sure. And I think that um, it, it, sh- it really should be expected just because what we do is very topical and very mm-hmm. of the moment and whatever is actually going on and what's captured the zeitgeist. So it, it should be expected that, you know, when there are heavy times that the, our show just gets a little heavier. And I think enough. The episode that we launched that was a conversation about what was going on is kind of that pivotal po- point in our um, in our two years where we I think that we were even more conscious of of what's going on. So that said, speaking of um, what's happening in the world yes. and uh, the celebrities mess, and J. Cole, <laughs> um, he decided to apparently um, release a song um, called Snow on That Bluff. So wait, so um, I actually have a very detailed timeline. Of what oh, happened? Then tell the tea, girl. So let's do the let's do the timeline, and then you can get in the weeds. Yeah, you tell me the tea. Yes, tell so, me the timeline, girl. Give yes. me the motherfucking. Give me the time by the stamps of all the times. So on May 29th. at eight p.m. Yes, yes. I don't know what time, but um, a female rapper, no name, tweeted: "Poor black folks all over the country are putting their bodies on the line in protest for our collective safety." And y'all favorite top selling rappers mm-hmm. not even willing to put a tweet up. Niggas, I'm just going to say it. 
whole discographies be about black plight and they know where to be found. Mm. All right. So on May 30th, J. Cole was spotted at a protest. This is physically he was there in uh, Fayetteville, um, North Carolina. Okay, fast forward. June 16th, J. Cole drops Snow on the Bluff and then we'll let you pick yeah, it up. Yeah, so Snow on the Bluff came out and he logged on Twitter and he basically, you know, he logged on the next day and, you know, he realized people were like, wait, what just happened? So in in this um this track song. in which he mm-hmm. released, there were he never named no name he did not. specifically, but he definitely referenced uh, the tweet that you mentioned um, mm-hmm. in some capacity in his own little words. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's something about the queen tone that's bothering me. And well, that yeah, and she and then no that's, name tweeted queen tone and and caps, and then unfortunately it's gone down now. But the long and the short of the story is really interesting. So. Why I think this is a story is because J. Cole definitely is someone that, you know, his story has been really interesting to follow because when he first came out, I felt like people weren't really, people were interested in him, but they weren't really like interested in he just seemed I mean, like every opened, other he just seemed like a lot of other rappers i mean he, he wasn't opened, distinctive he opened for rihanna yeah so it's like but he it, didn't have a distinctive image though. no at that point and then i think he's transitioned to be more quote uh and i'm not even gonna say that he's he's transitioned to be more of an artist that um is down for the cause mm-hmm, and the culture. specifically sharing his journey and being more topical in what's happening in the world within this rap so more Less uh, like I'm I'm gonna throw bitches and I'm gonna throw money on the bitches in the strip club and more like I'm gonna throw money um in the stock market and it's gonna be a strip club like that's what he's you know Uh, I mean sure you say yeah I said I said (laughs) so in this why it's a story is because basically people are like this is an example of you know he hasn't used his platform to talk about Black Lives Matter in this case and there's been so much. Um, area is an opportunity for him to show up as an ally and advocate for his community. Right. And he hasn't. So right. No Name... She He's not, literally one of the most popular rappers And today. And No Name may not have been just talking about him. No, actually However, wasn't. his diss track was an, an example of his insecurities mm-hmm. and his personal issues that he needs to work through. Right. Because I believe he is biracial, if my memory yeah, serves me. Um, so there's that journey. Maybe Hispanic and black. There's that journey of being yeah. someone that is not just of one um, race identity, but they identify as multiple. So no name, you know, she, she, she used her platform to say like called him out along with all the other big rappers that have not. Right. So I don't think she's done anything wrong. She's did what she needed to do. She used her platform, but this is an example of misogyny. And this is an example of a man um, feeling like he needs to now denounce a woman using her platform um, to talk about why the, the issues going on in the world need to be discussed by people that have a large reach, especially a large white following, because J. Cole, he has like he has a large white well, following. Well, most rappers do. So then he goes on Twitter the next day and basically doubles down on his tweet. And I mean, his um his song. Yeah, I mean, what, among another th- part of the you know the actual lyrics from the song, he says, "There's a young lady out there. She way smarter than me. I scrolled through her timeline in these wild times, and I started to read. She mad at these crackers. She mad at these capitalists. Mad at these murder police. 
She mad at my niggas. She mad at our ignorance. She wear her heart on her sleeve. She mad at the celebrities. Low key. I be thinking she talking about me. Child, his insecurity. So like to your point, like that, like told he took rappers and top selling. And he's like, oh, she's definitely talking about me. Because I haven't done anything. Fragile and then two ego. days later, you went to a motherfucking exactly. protest. Exactly. And I agree with you where it's like... For, it, fa- for, for face value, like what, not for action. And what this says to me is that it says a hell of a lot more about him than it does about her because not only was he not actively participating in the movement in a way that was visible, you know, which would be using your platform. Mm -hmm. But when he actually does decide to emerge from the shadows, you go to one rally and then you Mm -hmm. use your platform to badmouth a black woman who's actually been much more vocal in using her platform Mm -hmm. for the actual cause. And what's interesting is that Chance the Rapper, I don't know if you saw Chance the Rapper. I did. And Chance actually has a working relationship. Chance is also vocal. He, he has a and working relationship with both artists. They mm-hmm. both have collaborated with each other. So Chance was like, just tweeted like, just another L for men masking um, the gaslighting as a constructive criticism, criticism mm-hmm. and the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I can't. This little white claw. I mean, this Caucasian hand got me ready. Um, and then a fan tried to argue him. He's like, they're both my peoples. The only one. But only one of them put out a whole song talking about how the other one needs to reconsider their tone and attitude in order to save the world. It's not constructive mm-hmm. and undermines all the work work has no, no name has done. It's not BW's job to spoon feed us. We groan. And black right. women. Right. Exactly. So I think in this case, what he's referencing is no name actually came out with another song. Um, which was called Song 33. And it was a direct response to J. Cole coming from her sideways in his song. And she basically was like, I saw a demon on my shoulder. It's looking like the patriarchy. And she's it's only a minute and like less than two minutes song. Yeah, and this um, was on the 18th of, of June. And she's like, I'm I'm she's like, I guess the ego hurt now. It's time to go to work. Wow. She said, Look at him go. He really about to write about me when the world is in smoke. Um, and smokes and basically this is she's just saying like you're using your platform now to diss me for doing the work that you should be doing yeah and i've never been like a j cole like me fan um you know i've never been a j cole stan i bet i never even been a j cole um motherfucking shuffle and repeat bitch mm-hmm. i move on and i i tried to i tried to in, you know in, engage him in his musicology but i just wasn't here for her right but i think that you know with us um, I'll speak for you in this moment. Um, just being music lovers, it doesn't matter whether we like something or not, or whether we stand for it or not. We are aware of what's going on in the culture, mm-hmm. and you know, even if it's not necessarily our cup of tea, if you will, we can still acknowledge that someone is popular and has huge impact. Yeah, and I and think he is popular. I think and he has that huge what everyone needs to realize, and I say everyone, everyone listening to this, every artist, every person that has a following, whether it's 500, five or 5 million is you have a platform and, a, and an opportunity to impact change, to share your experience and to uplift the community that needs the support. So in this case, J Cole had a unique opportunity to not just show up at a, at a protest with a sign and, 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 you know, his messy hair and a hoodie. Don't even get and, me started with that. He looked completely different back when he came out. He sure did. And maybe that was intentional. Now he walking around looking like a hotep. 
Uh, well, that's his life. So <laughs> let him live that. But what I'm saying is that, you know, you can't just show up on the on the front on not even the front line, the back line, and then expect your millions of followers to to follow you. You need you have a unique opportunity to talk about it, be about it, live about it. And if you want to you want to if you want to um, live off of black culture, when I say live off of meaning releasing black music, talking about the black experience, but then you don't want to show up when the community actually needs you mm-hmm. and you identify as a black man. They even I, said, where's Kendrick been? Kendrick has done more and than they said, with J. Cole did. They said that Kendrick had, I think, been to a rally or two. Um, but, you know, but like, see, I, again, as far as it like don't being cost vocal, nothing to post something. Right. As, as far as like being vocal, they, they, he's another one. And I think that he probably was also being lumped into that. Who knows? Maybe even she was talking about Future's another one. I haven't seen Future post anything either True. about the movement. So I think that she made a, a very valid point. He then, you know, basically, um, you know, tried to um, invalidate the point that she was making and also to accuse her of not teaching yeah. and, and scolding instead of teaching. And, you know, a lot of points that people were making online was she has a whole fucking book club whole that book club. is meant to educate people on what's going on. So maybe and he the should black join the book club. And she mentioned that in her song as well. So, I mean, on on June 18th, which is kind of like the capstone to this, you know, Come for on, now. Capstone. Um, what he did do was he reposted her song on his Twitter. And he said, follow her. So, I love know. everything she's doing. Girl. So, now you're condescending at this yeah, point. Yeah, she's great. Okay, okay, J. Okay, yeah, J. Cole. All right. Yeah, and the dust is real. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but I definitely think that 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 that, was that. come on that 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 um, thing for us to mention just because <laughs> this is not a time for infighting within the community. Exactly. Um, even though I do think that it's an important discussion that can be had because it just again goes to show you that the patriarchy actually extends beyond race in a lot of different mm-hmm. ways, and misogyny There's definitely, gender, yeah, misogyny definitely fair. extends beyond race. Where you know, just because you're a minority doesn't mean that you can't also be, you know, involved in these other groups exactly. that are exerting force on um you know groups that are if if you will lower on the totem pole well speaking of folks and lower on the um totem, totem pole, pole. <laughs> is y'all know when you be like oh i'm gonna make waffles and you go into your cabinet and you need to find um you know some real cute sim um some real cute maple syrup cute maple syrup mm-hmm. is there ugly maple syrup you know, it's cute. Yeah, they're ugly. Okay, go on. You know, because sometimes it don't taste good. Sure. Sometimes it's not sweet enough. Okay, go on. And you know, there's different grades. Yeah. Okay. You know what, bitch? You about to be cursed out. Well, speaking of um, being cursed out, um, Quaker Oats, <laughs> they announced on Wednesday that Anjamama, um, Jim, all right, Anjamama? Yes, girl. Sh- <laughs> I don't know why I was saying Anjamima. We don't eat that. I sure don't because you know why I knew a long time ago 130 years ago I wasn't even here I knew this shit was wrong oh girl you knew it from from beyond the birth canal okay. oh bitch I was in the scrotum sure. of the scrotums okay oh, no. bitch I was I was a sperm's cousin all right I wasn't even the sperm all right but the one I'm gonna say is that Quaker Oats announced that the company has recognized that the, the brand the origins of the brand has been a racial stereotype mm-hmm. the picture that um is on which we have have all seen on this maple syrup um is a black woman and this one this picture actually has evolved it's not this is it has 
it ha- it is not the first. They tried to zhuzh her up. Like second a f- example, maybe a decade ago or something. And if you are looking for something that's real cute on this viral TikTok, Kirby the singer, we actually have talked about her often. She's on oh, Rock I Nation. I didn't realize that was her. Yeah, she's um on Rock Nation. She's written for artists like Beyonce, just mm-hmm. an, and and she's worked with Kendrick Lamar and other yeah. artists. Mm-hmm. She discussed the history of the brand in a video titled How to Make a Non-Racist Breakfast. She concluded the post where she has racked up hundreds of thousands of views across the platforms by saying Black Lives Matter. And then she's dumping mm-hmm. the um, the mix into the sink. And she said, even over breakfast. I know that's right. And in a statement, Kirby said that she feels a sense of relief knowing that her future children will not have to grow up in a world where their ancestors' oppression is insensitive, insensitively used as a marketing tool on a box. So for years, this black woman has been on a box and it has also been the 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 I would say logo of this of this brand of of maple syrup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even beyond um, it being just a black woman on a on a box um, or on you know a syrup bottle before they zhuzhed her up to make her more current and you know more like now, you know it, she definitely was either some type of a slave, slave or former slave. Mm-hmm. Well, the story um, who's a servant, you know how this, this, this brand started. I do. So it, 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 the fact that it even took this long, what that kind of tells me. And the fact that this is happening now, just, I feel like adds to this narrative that, um, we've all been hearing that it feels different this time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like this movement, which I've actually heard, um, People calling it the Fed uprising, which mm. I'm like, I don't know if I like that, but sure, we'll go with it. I mean, so, I've heard revolution. So the Fed uprising, if you will, um, is really bringing about changes that people have been seeking for a while because this is obviously mm-hmm. not the first time that this this debate mm-hmm. has been had. And this is actually not the only company um, that is doing this type of thing. Uncle Ben's, they are actually... I'm going to be revisiting um, their packaging. And mm-hmm. then um, Mrs. Buttersworth, which I mm-hmm. thought Mrs. No, I didn't she, know she that's was The black, bottle used to be shaped like her. But I thought Mrs. Buttersworth was like a British lady. When I you say Mrs. Know. Buttersworth, bitch, I don't get... They were saying that she, is shaped, she has a shape of like a stereotypical, mm-hmm. I guess, like, you know, curvy black woman, mm-hmm. which I never got that With from, a little from Mrs. Buttersworth. But okay. Um, and then Cream of Wheat. Um, is also going to be reviewing their their packaging because they have um, the 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 kindly looking black man on their package as well. The thing is, so I think what's what's interesting about all of this is that I think it's companies that um, we have all seen walking down the aisles at the mm-hmm. grocery store. It's now forcing them to look inward and saying, "How is our marketing, our labeling, our message being received by the consumer?" But mm-hmm. also for the legacy of our brand. I mean, like Angel Mama, like that, that's been around since the, like 130 years, 130 years, it's a long time. And uh, this, the reason why that's this even started, like, yeah, 1890, yeah. There, they have a, actually a whole ass aisle outline of this. Um, the company was like, you know, it was brought to life by Nancy green, who was a black woman who was formerly enslaved and became the face of the product. She was out here in these streets making, um, pancakes for her owner and her owner said, well, I want everyone to have these pancakes. So then they started this brand. So the company also said in this week, they're going to donate at least $5 million over the next five years to create a meaningful, ongoing support and engagement in the black community. Uh, is that so, how they worded it? Her owner? 
They said, yeah, her formerly enslaved. Be- yeah, I don't want to hear that. And but it was 1890. Oh, so I just, but I just don't like the way it sounds. I'm sorry. I also, I think it's triggering for me. <laughs> I mean, for me, I, I don't want to erase if these it's black totally people, if these me. black people have were were the reason why or were were a part of the history of the brand. I think that it is up to the brand to continue that. We don't need to have Angel Mama or Uncle Ben erased completely from the brand for it to become text. Because if they were actually a part of the brand's building, right, and actually becoming who they are today, selling billions or trillions or whatever in the money, they need to be, they, they being black people, need to be a part of the brand's legacy, which means maybe it's then you making a commitment that we're going to hire more black people. We are going to this, we're going to have X amount, 15% of our workforce, or like it requires them to not just remove and erase but to also show up and support. Which the $5 million, I guess, is a part um, so, of. So, no, I disagree. Um, no, I, I'm fine with, with them coming up with something new. So you feel like they would have... Well, I'm not saying that it needs to be a black person as a logo, but uh-huh. if, if Nancy Green was the example of this person... This is a caricature, though, that they came up with. Based on Nancy Green. Right. Well, but it's not called Aunt Nancy's. It's called Aunt Jemima's. So but don't you, do you think that there is a commitment, like beyond the $5 million, there's a commitment that, that these companies like Uncle Ben and, mm-hmm. and Aunt Jemima, that they need to show up in a way that's beyond just throwing money? No, I agree. I agree that, that, that okay, all companies make- in this day and age should be... Uh, making some type of a pledge for you know diversity and inclusion, and it's like you know we can have a whole conversation about diversity and inclusion and where that fits in you know what we're doing now, which is beyond that, which is mm-hmm. trying to dismantle um, racist systems. Um, but I think that both of those things. So get rid of the the imagery, which we've yes. all decided is not appropriate anymore, and then also make a pledge to do better as far as your hiring. Agree. Um, you know, of black people, because my thing is, you have you can say it was based off of Nancy Green all you want, but did Nancy Green or her family see any of the money? That's my point. So then it's like you know, no, like no, let's let's do away with that imagery because we've. Decided decided as a culture you know as a country that that shit is not acceptable anymore so i'm fine with that it's just it's similar to the conversation that we can have about um the confederacy where it's like yeah okay it was a part of history it was an important part of history but now you know it's no longer palatable it's not so, and you're, you're still going to make your billions of dollars or whatever when you change the name to something different. The fact that there are white people out here who are arguing about this and Girl. wanting to debate, debate about this as well. Um, fuck you. She might have been your aunt, but she's not your aunt. Okay. You know, it's, and it's really, it's actually um, a couple of things. The first thing, Ooh, um, tell me the couple. A, a, a one thing I wanted to add was Ooh. even Eskimo. You know Eskimo pies? No. It's a popsicle, but it's called an Eskimo pie. They're even um, right now discussing changing that. So, name. do you feel like there's a there's a thin line between like do you th- I, and this is kind of, like this is just I, I don't have an opinion. Yeah, but do you? I don't have the opinion you may think I have by asking this question. Do you think that there is a lot a thin line between um, revisiting um, things to then a, like rebranding? Like, is it, do you think that like these companies such as right? Mm-hmm. We've listed them. Mm-hmm. Is this more a re- is it a rebrand? I don't know what what the question. Meaning, is. like, I guess the question is like, 
because to your point, white people are saying like, "Oh, I can't, ha- I can't, you don't want to erase, you yeah, know, I the history." Yeah, I have such fond memories of Aunt oh, Jemima I love on the, the, in the, the, on the morning. It was so good. Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Becky. Yeah, that part. Um, <laughs> but like these companies are being pressured, right, mm-hmm. to yes. think, look inward, and change, which yes. is great. But change I also, with the times. But I also think that it also is a unique opportunity for them to rebrand. So are you questioning the intent yes. behind it? Um, so no, because I think that, uh, especially when you're talking about a 130-year-old brand, and especially when you're talking about something that um, is like in people's pantries or their refrigerator, that there's a comfort that's associated with the brand, mm-hmm. that it actually is risky for them to change the brand because name recognition is um really super important. Are they not, they going to change the brand and name, that, name, name and that, of the brand? In that particular space. Yeah, I don't think they're going to call it Angel Mind oh, anymore. I don't think. Uncle Ben? I don't think they are. I think they they're just put changing. Ben Franklin on that shit. I think, oh, you know what? I think I put um, Meryl Streep on the, um, Sarah. That's not the question I thought you were going to ask, which is really, really interesting. What do you think I was um, going to ask? It, it doesn't matter. Um, no, I want to know. But with Eskimo Pie, so, um, and I was kind of aware of this, Eskimo but Eskimo pie. is actually a derogatory term. Yeah. Um, what it means I is didn't know it was eater great. of raw fish. Eskimos? Yeah. You're like, oh, girl, that's an Eskimo. And right. We learned about that in school. It's Inuit. They're not, you don't call, uh, there's Eskimo. See, that's what I'm talking about. Eskimo things is. To just learn. <laughs> I think the white people just need to learn. And I think that they in these streets mad about their syrup and their, you know their rice. Exactly. But the, they, the they really important Esk- things. The really important things. The things. The things that were sold out during COVID. And then my question was, so. Rice and the beans. The first thing that went through my mind when I saw this, you know, particular, you know, all this talk of rebranding was um, the Washington Redskins in the NFL because yeah, that's been a debate a that has raged for more than a decade. I don't even know how long people have been upset about this, but it's one of those things where the league and the owner of the team have been very resistant to it, obviously. So have the fans because, you know, we're talking about the white fans, you know, because, of course, they don't want things to change. Oh, it's mm-hmm. fine. You know, we love, you know, the little um, Thanksgiving my favorite holiday. And it's just like so fucking ridiculous. But it, this is all a really great example of how systemic or institutional racism mm-hmm. is perpetuated in seemingly innocuous ways. So, like, it doesn't seem innocuous. like it's a big deal. It seems like it's just whatever. You know, it's just a product on a shelf. Um, but I don't even know how to spell that. When you wrote it down, but when you really, you know, you look deeper and you dig deeper, you know, what it does is it softens racial insensitivity Mm -hmm. and fosters implicit bias and stereotypes through products that you buy. Okay, and you don't even think about those were the things that were sold out during COVID. You couldn't find no rice. (laughs) You couldn't find the the pasta. Okay. You can find the um the, the syrup. You can find the oats. No. The cream of wheat. The cream of wheat. Okay. Bitch, the wheat of cream, bitch. Okay. All right. But yeah, so you know it, Like I, the Popeyes, right? Another example. We should have had that um black woman on the Popeyes commercial. Oh, I had being I, all sassy. I had a conversation with someone about that. And her her yeah. She's yeah. She's like, ooh, love that chicken and pie. You know, that's, that's not, it really actually isn't cute. Um, But you know what is cute? We're going to take a cute, cute little break. Mm-hmm. And we're going to come back with um more fuckery from Terry Crews, because you know he's the king of fuckery these days, as well as a viral um video that you may or may not have seen where local activist Gary Chambers reads a woman who's on the school board for filth. 
and we will be right back. Music can be healing. So here at He Said, He Said, we've decided to create some intimate playlists to get you through the week. We have playlists like our Top 40, which is everything on the charts that we love. Pure Pop Perfection, which is Ray's favorite. Enough, which is our protest playlist to get you through what's happening to also inspire you for change. Shuffle and Repeat, 90s and 2000s Hip Hop and R&B. And The Gospel Truth, which is perfect to listen to when you're making your Sunday brunch. So be sure to follow each playlist, listen, and share to all of your friends who love music. We are back. Yes, we are. Oh my God, I am really hungry. And, and you didn't get a snack on a break? I didn't, but mm. you went into the pantry. And what'd you find? I found my life. <laughs> no, what did you actually find? Uncle Ben, <laughs> looking at me in the eye with judgment, said, you are really not woke. Because you like my rice. He said, girl, you're not walking the walk, okay? You're and I was like, it was the last the piece of rice on the, the thing. <laughs> yes, it was one of those little bags of the, like, 90-minute rice or whatever yeah, that you just because, heat it you up. Know, and- listen, there are certain things that when you go to the grocery <laughs> store these days that... If you see, you buy, and rice has been one of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when <laughs> I bought okay. that. It's okay, you know. We nobody's perfect. I don't know and... when I bought that, but I know I won't buy it again. Yeah, well, I mean, you won't have to much longer because they're gonna, they're gonna figure that out. Well, <laughs> speaking of figuring things out, so Terry Crews, he hasn't really figured out um, what's going on with himself and his place in this current climate in the Fed Uprising movement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Terry has a history of being problematic. Um, you know, there are lots of people who really would categorize him as being a quote-unquote Uncle Tom, if you will. Mm-hmm. I actually... You, you agree with such activity. I actually, and I may have even... I hope I haven't said that on the pod. Um, but that's a term that I'm trying to actually strike from my own vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, for reasons that I'll get to later. But in a recent interview with The Talk, Terry Crews um, actually defended a previous statement that he had made about um, black supremacy. Mm. So we didn't talk about it, but it was like in the beginning of of June where um, he apparently tweeted something about, um, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, uh, is if black people fight for um, equality or no, if, oh, if black yeah. people if, fight for dis- the dismantling of white supremacy without white people being involved, it then black. it could become black supremacy. Hmm. I just want to let that sink in. Yeah. Put that in your <laughs> pipe and smoke it. So obviously the backlash was now swift. Because you're talking about food. Oh my God. Focus, please. Sorry, Terry Crews. Tell me Focus, about it. Focus, please. All right. So, um, again, the backlash was swift. You know, people were coming out saying, what do you mean? Black supremacy is not even a thing that doesn't exist. It will more than likely never exist. That part. Um, so, again, he then went on to talk and he was trying to defend it. And what he said, among other things, was what I said was defeating white supremacy without white people could create black supremacy. Um, In black America, we have gatekeepers. And then he goes on to basically say that these so-called gatekeepers, which I don't believe he actually specifies what he means by that or who these people are. He doesn't name names, but that they've essentially dismissed him because his wife, Rebecca Cruz, is biracial. 
So it's it's his wife's fault. So I'm just gonna pause and let that sink in too. <laughs> it's his wife's fault. What do you? I, I, I want to hear from black you. He's been black his entire whole ass life. Okay, <laughs> he has been. Just because you were in the movie White Chicks does not mean you are a white chick. Why do I? I need... Why do I feel like that character is actually like him? That he, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, like I, you know. Terry Crews has never been someone that I have been for. I mean, yeah. it was a giggle when he was in White Chicks. It was. That was a very funny It movie. was a giggle. However, comma, um, you know, you're going to blame your wife for right. this. Like, that That feels like you're not taking any ownership. That's mm-hmm. not. Like, follow the finger, boo. Follow right. the finger. It feels like you're pointing it at her. And she has not been with you your whole ass life. You've been <laughs> a whole black man your entire life. You were a black boy, a black baby, a black teen, a black, you know, motherfucking 20-year-old to a black motherfucking 95, however old you are. So I'm pretty sure he's not 95. Now, all of a sudden, you want to blame your wife. But it's, it's, And then the black supremacy... Sis, the only way so that black absurd. supremacy would happen is it's if so we absurd. slaved white people. It's so absurd. If it, we would have to not only because so, you know, so we let's need play this through. Years. Let's play this out. So, in order for black supremacy to happen, we'd have to not only dismantle the systemic and institutional racism mm-hmm. that exists in this country, but then we would have to actually reverse all of that into black supremacy mm-hmm. within those same systems and institutions. Mm-hmm. And then we had to have 400 years of um, dealing with what black people have dealt with. And that's a great people. point that you make because that would take a whole lot of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, when does he think this black supremacy is going to happen? So next it, week in 10 maybe years, maybe you should ask his wife <laughs> since she's the reason why. And that's the other thing where it's like it, I, I was actually appalled by the statement about the wife more than I was about the black supremacy statement, because I'm like, again, Terry Cruz has a history of being problematic. So it's like, I wasn't necessarily surprised at that because he, you know, you know, again, for, for a lot of people, they, they just don't see him as being black or, or, you know, not being down um, for the culture. He is fine Um, with being the only one and he will tap dancing or to get a paycheck. And then another thing that he actually said was another reason that he feels that he's kind of being left out of the situation. And, and the reason that people call him an uncle Tom is because of his success. Sis, sis. And I think that what you just said is spot on because it's like, you've been black. No, Terry, it is not about your success. It's about what you've done with that success. Mm -hmm. It's about how you've used your platform. Mm -hmm. It's about the fact that you had no problem. Um, you know, accepting the support of black women when you had your issue where some white guy touched your butt at a mm-hmm. party and, you know, it, and that is harassment and it should not, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not a positive thing. It's mm-hmm. not acceptable, but you had no problem accepting the support of black women, including Gabrielle Union. Mm-hmm. But then when Gabrielle Union needed you, all of a sudden he's you like, weren't he's there. He's like, check. Exactly. And I think that your success is part of the issue that has clouded your mind as far as, um, you know, the culture Mm -hmm. and what you could do and how you could help the culture. And I think that that is really deplorable. But talk about someone who needs to take a really, a really long and hard look within themselves. Because Listen, you at the end of the day, you Terry. Um, you at the end of the day have been black, will be back black, and have always been black. So at the end of the day, in this entire situation, you don't need acceptance from a community that you identify as. Right. Like you are. 
He that is. It's your job now to say, I am. I am. And, and this is what how. I'm going to do. And this is this is how I'm going to help my people. And, and and all too often, what he's shown is that he has no fucking interest in helping his people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he doesn't have an interest in, you know, looking backwards or pulling forward. Sure don't. You know what I mean? He has an interest in to, again, a great point that you made, being the only one. And he's mm-hmm. fine with that. And he'll do he'll be the only one. The and he'll only. cash those checks and he'll be successful. And then he will blame that and and use that as a scapegoat for the reason why that his part. his people feel a disconnect from him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, boo, it is not your wife. It isn't your success. It isn't any of these excuses that you're he using. Just needs to, it's because of you. He just needs to, what he needs to do is get into his um, convertible and put on Vanessa Carlton <laughs> and move on. Making my way down. You know what? Because I'm over it. <laughs> I am over it. And speaking, speaking of, of over, it. over it, Gary <laughs> Chambers, he was at the motherfucking school board. Um, was the school board? Yeah. Yeah. So he was a school board In meeting. Louisiana. And he said, you know what, bitch? I'm going to clock this bitch because she over there on Talbot's and she is shopping. <laughs> Wait, was it Talbot's? I don't know where she was at. Okay. But she, so he went there. Uh, so this meeting was basically to, it, part of the discussion was about changing the name of the school. So the school is called um lehigh lehigh like robert e lee um famous confederate soldier and yeah and there was a lot of discussion actually used to be named with his with the full name Mm -hmm. but they a few years back they um changed it to just lehigh as a compromise if Mm -hmm. you will well Mm -hmm. connie was on the board and she was on talbot's getting her twenty (laughs) dollar discount off because she is a member of their motherfucking club and gary said pause ma'am we are here having a discussion uh, yes. about black, about race relations, and about changing a name of a com- of our school that was uh, a Confederate general, mm-hmm. and you over here shopping. Mm-hmm. And then she gonna say it was an a pop up ad, and she is Bullshit. not internet savvy Bullshit. to close it in time. I don't give a damn. That's what he. That's what Chambers said, and I'm here for Chambers. Yes. He said I don't give a damn. We don't give a damn. She said, I wasn't shopping. I was taking notes and paying attention and reading online comments. Okay. Reviews. Yes. Of the motherfucking <laughs> of the, blouse of the you were buying. At. And it's Connie Bernard. That is her So name. when you get the, when he said, this is what he said. This is what Chambers said <laughs> to, he actually said it to the publisher of the Rouge Collection, which is a black owned urban media platform in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He said, when when he got the plantation after he got off the field, which is he being Robert E. Lee, mm-hmm. with 27,000 27, people dying at Gettysburg, Robert E. Lee was a brutal slave master. Mm-hmm. He said not only would he whoop the slaves, but he would lay on them hard. After he said he said this, he said he would put brine on them. And the thing is, they were just trying to change the name of the school. And here she is. And this is a three-minute video. Mm-hmm. Three-minute video on a Thursday night. Which I highly suggest people Listen, watch. Connie. But he gathers her together. Can, Connie like and Connie had to leave. Edges. Connie felt like she needed to leave because she <laughs> needed to, she she had a promo code that expired at nine. <laughs> and she needed to get her Talbot. She needed to go and make her purchase in private this time. She said, this is too much. <laughs> so at the end of the day, this just shows you that many people... That whole power mm-hmm. um, to make decisions you like changing the, you're your taking name the, the words right out of my are head. elected. Yep, they are elected. They are elected. They are elected. So 
what I'm going to say is... It's not always, gonna, but in this particular case. But in most case, cases. Not in most are. cases either. But or the in, person electing them or appoints them is elected. Like in our city, no, the police, but, the police um, commissioner, right? Yeah. She is not elected. She is appointed by our mayor, the chief. Yeah. The mayor, though is elected yes. so in this case this is an example that you need to vote and what you need to vote is i love that everyone wants to vote for the president that's fine mm-hmm. but we need to vote for these these little off like off the the four-year grid of voting because Local. connie connie was appointed to this board mm-hmm. whether it was a school district whether it was, whatever it was she was appointed to this Mm-hmm. So therefore, Connie was shopping at Talbot's because she mm-hmm. needed to get an alpha for the next board meeting. She didn't care about the name because the lee to her is just Lee. Well, but, but the lee to the community is a bigger, bigger discussion. Well, no, you're giving her too much credit because she actually took issue with comments, um, uh, you know, or I should say she took issue with changing the name of the school. And I don't know if it was now or previously, because to your point, you know, this is not the first time this no. issue had actually come up. But what she actually said was that the people who are offended by the name should, and I quote, learn a little bit more about General Lee. Oh, girl. Okay, because she need to go have dinner. Oh, with but, what, but wait, Cruz. but wait, because eventually he freed all of his slaves. Because of <laughs> Juneteenth. <laughs> I don't care when he did it. It doesn't even matter if it was before Juneteenth. Like, are you fucking kidding me? So, um, you know, Chambers, again, you know, to your point, you put it very well. Uh, he really read her for filth. One of the things he said was, you shall walk out of here and resign and never come back because you are the example of racism in this community. Mm. You are horrible. Ooh. I mean, I, you can't put it much more plainly than that. Listen, um, he and, came through. You know, he actually showed the picture of her on her laptop ap- appearing to shop. To your point, Talbots. she then comes out and says, you know, that she didn't. But he said, this is a picture of you shopping while we're talking about the history of racism in this country. You don't give a damn. I mean, listen, you it might have been a pop-up ad, but I have never seen a pop-up ad. Nope, that no, has, no, 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 no. Listen, nope. I have never seen a pop-up ad that had a place order button. <laughs> I've never seen a pop-up ad like that. Because at that point, you already did your shipping address, your phone number, bitch, your email address. You signed in. Your credit card's on file. So wait. So Arthur Pania mm-hmm. of Baton Rouge, who also attended the school board meeting, yes. took to Facebook on Saturday after all this happened to rebut what Connie said. Mm, Connie. What he said was, I personally watched her for about eight minutes. Attempting to decide between a beige and red dress. <laughs> yeah, I told you, Talbot. The only thing I had issue determining from my site was if it was a short dress or nightwear. Listen. So she did apologize for her comments about General Lee and the board ended up voting um, unanimously, in fact, to create a committee. It's like, really? You're kicking the fucking can down the lane? Mm-hmm. You don't even want to make the decision? Like, this is one of the, it's like, talk about a layup. Mm-hmm. Like this you, is an you, easy you decision. Like sports? sports? <laughs> Did you ask me if I like some more? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, you know, I know sports terminology. I don't have to watch it Listen, to know it. That like was a, a layup, home run, a layup girl. is easy. You was giving them a home run, <laughs> not a home run because home runs are not necessarily. You was get, easy. you were stealing bases, bitch. <laughs> that was a volley. <laughs> but I mean, this was easy. Like it just changed the fucking name. Like it's not. It, it's. 
It's like the Kind. bare minimum that you could do. But no, they actually voted to create a committee. I wonder if the next one she's going to wear the red dress or the beige dress. <laughs> but the committee, but it does say the committee is going to um, come up with options for a new name. So I guess maybe they've decided that they're going to do it. It needs to be called Blackity Black Black Black. That's what it needs to be called. What? Black. That's what it's called. Black school. Speaking the black of high school. Blackity Black 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 and rooting for everyone black. It's been announced that Issa Rae is going to be involved in a new scripted comedy series that is actually related to the COVID-19 pandemic. And this is going to be on HBO. It's called Coastal Elites. So Coastal Mm -hmm. Elites. And it's also starring Sarah Paulson, Bette Midler. Um, There were a couple other people. I think um, David um, from From, mm, Schitt's Creek. Schitt's Creek. Mm -hmm. What's his name? Dan. Mm -hmm. Dan Mm -hmm. Levi or Levy. Mm Um, so yeah, so it's gonna star um those folks as well as Caitlin Deaver, where I didn't see a name. It's an all-star cast bitch from New York to LA. Um, but they're gonna deal with the political and societal fallout from the coronavirus pandemic. So according to HBO, Coastal Elites explores the deeply divided politics of our Mm. world and universal pursuit of human connection. And um, uh, as its name suggests, that it will feature characters who are in New York or Los Angeles. And it was actually filmed and produced entirely in quarantine. So it's going to be presented as a series of confessionals from the five main characters. And it's going to air sometime in September. So I'm really curious to see this because I think that we've talked about. Um, but is it too episodes. soon? Like that's what I've been. That's no, we've been talked about. But listen, like we've talked about, how are these networks going to show up in the fall? And I think this is an example of a really creative a way to show up yeah, that's, that's relevant to what we've been through, what we're going through, what we might still be going through, mm-hmm. and it, it's comic relief yeah. that will allow us to escape for a moment and revisit moments where. We had three months where we didn't see anyone but through digital. Right. And I think that now we're seeing people in person, which is great. Who knows what the next couple of months will look like. But what I'm saying yes, is that who this, knows if a second wave will This hit. is just, I think it's really unique. And I'm, I'm excited to see like Bette Midler and, you know, Sarah Paulson and Issa and all the other people you've mentioned. Like, I'm really excited to see how this shows up. Yeah, me too. Um, it it sounds, out, it's, it's a good cast. HBO, um, September, Issa Rae. She is booked. She is. And clearly HBO really um, values her as a partner. Of course they do. And especially in the current climate, mm-hmm. of course they're going to value her um, even more. So I'm, a black creative. I think I'm really intrigued by this. I actually has given thought about how, what other ways than I think it should give thought to a lot of networks rather um, on how they can show up in a really interesting way that feels new, fresh, and also will allow us to show up in a world that we just don't know what the fall will look like. And I yeah. think all of the networks are scrambling to understand that. No. So, and that's, the, I didn't shout think, out to, I, shout actually, out to I actually didn't think about it that way. And that's, that's a really good point that you make that like, this is a way for them to actually have content that mm-hmm. doesn't have to be shot on location that, you know, doesn't have to take into account all of the challenges that productions are having mm-hmm. um, because of COVID-19. I think for me personally, what I might have liked to have seen would just be maybe a different positioning of this because when I think of COVID-19 and maybe it's just me, I think of people dying. Mm, Yeah. So like me personally, and maybe this has more to do with me and the fact that I'm so 
aware of what's happened with the pandemic and I've followed it so closely that like when I hear COVID-19 comedy is not like what I think like comedy comedy feels like the 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 antithesis of COVID-19 but I don't think the intent of the show is to make fun of I don't either is to make fun of like how we all react right so why can't we position this as set during the quarantine true there, there. I just, pandemic. I feel like there was a way for this to to be described in the media that would not okay. elicit the feeling that I have, which is that okay. that I feel like there's a tone problem possibly okay. here. So, and that's just my opinion. But I, when I You're read it, it when I read it, it was jarring to me. But you know, after I actually read what it's about, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. It's like they are just. It's a satire of, you know, what, you know, People our lives, how to what our them. lives have been. Yeah. And I think that that's during that the is a way for you. Like, again, shout out to HBO for being creative. Yeah. And yeah. No. And to, I and I definitely will watch. Yeah. Sure. The screenwriters, Jay Roche and Paul Ruddick, because they were able to create this idea. So. Yeah. And, you know, uh, just really super quickly. I'm going to take this off your hands just because oh, I'll just good. mention it really quick. So the comedian take it off my hands, girl, the comedian DL Hughley actually recently collapsed on stage. So was he doing stand up? He was in he was in Nashville doing stand up. Mm-hmm. So, they, so they're doing stand up shows. They're doing stand up. Sit down, bitch, with a mask on and get to the ground. And your and your comedian has covid because mm-hmm. he actually tested positive for covid. Uh-huh. Um, he is saying right now that he was asymptomatic, but that he actually collapsed because of exhaustion. He's mm. 57 years old um, and he's been working and traveling during the week. And this is what his so what publicist he, So said. remember when he he was on Wendy uh, Williams because, mm-hmm. you know, I had all the time. Yeah. So Wendy, he was on Wendy like Williams virtually. early on her before she took a break. Oh, right. Because and, she's not even on right now. Yeah. And she he actually was saying that he was still going into the studio because he has a radio show a syndicated mm-hmm. radio show mm-hmm. and he was still going to the studio to record even though a lot of his peers were, were actually working from in. home he said the reason why he was going to the studio is because no one was there so he felt like it was easier uh, okay. he's quarantined with this i think his dad his 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 um his mother-in-law uh his kids and his wife so he actually was in Nashville, I guess working and he said now he's going to be in a hotel at, in i think i read in Nashville by himself for two weeks yeah, so, I mean, he said that he, um, you know, didn't have flu symptoms or the shortness of breath or any of those things um, and that he just lost consciousness. So I'm not a huge D.L. Hughley fan. I just want to put that out there because he's one of these um, comedians who um, has been very vocal about how they feel like no group is above quote unquote jokes. And that yeah. if it's a joke, then pretty much, you know, there are no holds barred and we can joke about anything. And I don't necessarily agree that that, that is the case. But what it sh- it shows is that Mr. Rona is still out here in, Listen, these sh- Rona is in out the here. shadows. Okay. Listen, Lurking in the I'm shadows. Looking for the man okay. in the mirror. And That's he is waiting. And and the other thing that I thought was, so how many people did he expose to the virus? That's what I was because wondering too. Because he doesn't strike me as a type of person who would wear a mask. He doesn't strike me as a kind of person who was socially distanced when he was on Wendy Williams he shared was he wearing a mask no because he was by himself but he did say he was taking it very seriously oh I'm surprised to hear that yes he did say that. well that's good to hear his his dad was taking I think his dad was one also taking it seriously he's taking it so seriously that he was doing a stand-up show but also babe he said he was asystematic system 
symptomatic. symptomatic. Mm -hmm. He did not have loss of um, smell or taste. He didn't have shortness of breath. Right, but if you're taking it seriously, then... I don't know. I mean, I get, I get that people you, need to make money and they and they have a livelihood, but, but you're doing shows you during a he, pandemic. But this just goes shows you he didn't pass. I don't think he's. I don't think he passed out because of COVID. No, he passed. He passed out because he's exhausted. exhausted. Yeah. I think then they were like, Let, let's swab your knob and let's see, and and then they found, <laughs> and then they found out that oh, he got COVID. <laughs> Pretty sure they swab your knob for like you know ST. Well, I mean that's none of my business. STIs. But the long and the short, be, he will be in the hotel six at the Holiday Inn, bitch, and he will be there for two weeks. Um, yeah. So I don't wish ill on you know someone, even if I'm not a fan. Again, it just really gives me pause because I'm like, clearly he was exposing people to this virus and not even knowing it. And it's just a reminder that, you know, a lot of the people who will get this thing mm -hmm. are asymptomatic. And, you know, I get that some people will want to say, oh, well, you know, most people who get it are not going to, you know, have serious symptoms or die from mm -hmm. it. But that isn't the fucking issue. The issue is, so then who did he expose to who was actually part. a part of a vulnerable population? And so, Nashville, I don't know what he was doing there, but you know what? He said, thank you for his prayers and the well wishes and he said he's he um didn't hurt nobody he hoped he, he hoped he had, didn't hurt anybody right he doesn't and have that he is he hopefully no one will develop symptoms right and this is just as he said this will be as bad as it gets and that this is just an example that you could be walking around here with it and not now and giving it to people and and i'm really mm -hmm. glad thank you for um you know letting me know that he actually has been taking it yeah. serious, seriously because I think that that is what's going to put us all at risk are assholes who are not taking it seriously. Absolutely. All right. So I guess that's unfiltered and unbothered. I told you it was a full docket. We're going to go in a shuffle and motherfucking repeat. This conversation today has been lively and Ooh, great. Um, so shaking. Ass <laughs> is waking, bitch. So as um, everyone knows, and especially if you listen to the elusive episode, it was Juneteenth last week, um, Emancipation or Freedom Day, whatever you want to call it. And no other than Beyonce motherfucking Knowles Carter. She said, Giselle blessed said, <laughs> us. Okay. She, she said, Black Boris. So I'm going to set the stage for you because, you know, we like drama here. You know, you know that we like drama if you listen um, regularly. And we were, were on phase two in these streets. <laughs> finally. Um, but beyond that, we were actually enjoying the verses. That was mm -hmm. um, Alicia Keys and John Legend. Yeah, We're big fans of both of them. And we then went to the after party, which was, um, for anyone who doesn't know, D-Nice did the after party where he just started spinning after that ended. And he was playing music and you were like, okay, yeah, this music is good. And then this, this beat drops and it's like we stop. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like prairie dogs or like Ooh, not a prairie dog, bitch. <laughs> but like the actual not animal, a prairie dog. But like the actual animal. Not that's nasty. Like on a nature channel, and it's like our heads go up, and we're like, "Who is this? Who, uh, 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 that 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 sounds like Beyonce." We were like, "Oh, <laughs> Black Parade. What's yes. she talking about? This yes. wasn't on the games." <laughs> and then it's like googling, and it's like, "Okay." So essentially, Beyonce hit us with a surprise release in honor of Juneteenth. Um, it's actually produced by Derek Dixie, who is actually a um, pretty frequent collaborator with Beyonce. He's worked on multiple projects with her. Um, and Dating her, back all the way to Drunk in Love. Exactly. Like he's exactly. Been it's, been, it's been a while. He, was a, he did horns, I think, for that. 
Yeah, and then so um, on her on her website, it said, "Happy Juneteenth! Being black is your activism. Black excellence is a form of protest. Black joy is your right. Black Parade benefits Be Goods Black Business Impact Fund, administered by the National Urban League." Um, and it's to support Black-owned small businesses in need. And then she says, the directory of Black-owned businesses created and curated, which we mentioned at the top of the show, um, by at Zarina Acres with at Black.owned.everything. It was a moment. We Mood. gagged. Uh, so what? What did? You, how did you feel about all? This? So how I felt was that I felt a tingling. before we actually talk about. The I song. felt a tingling inside, <laughs> and I wasn't sure if it was the liquor. Or the song, it might have been both. And I threw my leg up, bitch. I had a whole ass boot on, and I you were doing my, the most. I took my boot off you and I put my most. brace on because you know if you've been listening, you know that I broke a bone on my foot. It's been ten weeks, yes. And I'm wearing an over the knee cast, and I'm mean, not cast boot, but it's been yes. the most. But anyway, the walk, Beyonce, the boot. Beyonce got me right, and at the yes. end of the day, like I would say, like so. Derek's Dixie Chick, whatever his name is, he <laughs> did Before I Let Go, the Horns for Formation. He that is not his name. Boss for Carters. Yes. He was the engineer. Although he did the Lab. remix to um, Daddy Before Lessons Le- with Dixie Chicks. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cute. This is entire mood. And this yes. really, I think what people need to realize is this is Beyonce. We talked about this two mm. years ago mm-hmm. with Formation about Beyonce leaning, leaning into, into her, her blackness. blackness. And this is a continuation of Beyonce saying, I'm black. Yes. And she even says it in the song. That's why they're always mad because I'm black. Yes. And this here, it's a story of her blackness. And I think many people that know her and her fans, they realize that they, they, they kind of, they've gone to, um, become to, uh, accept this and expect this from her. Right. But for people that haven't been following like the arc since formation or even before self-titled rather, this has been like it's been a journey she's been on totally. where she has folded she's removed her father as her manager she's mm-hmm. owned her career mm-hmm. and then she's leaned into her blackness and black womanhood um which sidebar we 100 percent need to add that to the list of special episodes that we want to do because we've been talking about it for like um, two, two years, years now where we're like we want to actually just do an episode that's devoted to a discussion about Beyonce's evolution but more specifically this whole idea of her leaning into her blackness yes. and this is like, here it is Juneteenth this yeah. was the perfect time date moment um, all, the universe aligned and she opened up her Instagram and said Blue Ivy please write this caption <laughs> and Blue said all right, good. I'm gonna do it. And this is, and this is so. It's honestly, you can. I, for me, it feels like an extension of the gift. A hundred percent. That was the first um, thing that went through so my mind. So, if you have not listened to the gift in a while, because I feel like the, to the, the gift. gift was like because before I feel like um, it was. So it, it's not like she went all in with the leaning in. It was almost formation. Like, it was it adjacent. was subtle. It, it was, was subtle. adjacent. Yeah, like she it was, was totally. black. She was black, but she also was. It was commercial enough for people to understand. And it was the imagery more with that particular uh-huh. release. And you had that to was really very understand. Black. Exactly. And you kind of had to dissect it and say, okay, like, what's the inspiration behind this? And all those inspirations were very black. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we got to And Everything is Love, 
it was much more unapologetically black. Yeah. And then when we got to um, the, gift. the gift, it was like this. It, it's you know, it's black and it's African and it's you know, knowing our roots and, I just and know celebrating it. This song is on motherfucking repeat <laughs> until it's not on repeat. Listen, these and lyrics. I just want to say this, and then I'm gonna pass it to you. Yes, please. it also the release of this has resurfaced the rumor of DC three. And Why? it has said it has been rumored that be that the three of them have met allegedly okay. to discuss uh, um, Destiny's Child. For Destiny's anyone who child, doesn't know, <laughs> um, and they are in early discussions about what post COVID specifically. Uh, um, what's it called? Um, what are you talking about? You know, when why are you, you tapping your arm like that? When you get a virus <laughs> thing, like you get a um, what they're working on right now. So you you know, like the flu shot. Oh, like a um a vaccine. Yeah, there you go. When a vaccine happens, uh-huh. they said that within a month, they it is it is rumored that there might be an announcement that DC DC three has. And I'm gonna say this: I actually I, believe that. I believe that. I rumor. believe this. Is what I'm gonna say is that I think that if this is the direction DC three is going, potentially being black and being three black women, but I also don't. Necess- I would live, for but I don't necessarily think album. that that's what we would get from a I DC think we three would, reunion. We would need to I think have- we might get glimpses of that because if they're going to actually do an album, which who knows if they'll who do knows? an album or if they'll just go on tour and release or a do song EP or, or whatever, whatever. Um, I think we may get glimpses of those, but I think that a, a big part of a DC three union will be more about nostalgia. So that they're going to try to give us like I a feeling of what we got before they broke no, bitch. But I agree with you. No, I, but I think that that is true. Well, I'm here for the repeat bitch of black parade until I get the black float. That is Destiny's you child. Know what? And I, and I think that, um, what probably will come out later, what might come out at some point will be that like during this time of quarantine that they were meeting because um, they just got to the Hamptons, yeah, B and J, why. with well, the you know, kids. Last time, they always be in the Hamptons. She and be recording. She goes so. to the Hamptons and she has her little writers groups and all these things for her releases. So I think that there's that's no true. telling. Um, yes, or for motherfucking repeat. I don't even think I have to say that. But I these lyrics. Okay, so she says, "Put us any damn where we gonna make it look cute." Pandemic fly on the runway in my hazmat. Mm, judging running through the house to my art all black ancestors on the wall let the ghost chit chat and that is in ancestors reference, on the wall let the ghost and that's in reference to um specifically mama tina has um has said that beyonce has taken art from her yes and she has a huge mama and, tina has yeah, a huge has this black collection, art collection and that beyonce has taken it to you know in her house and has not given it back so it's a <laughs> reference to miss tina saying where's my art bring back then, my art I, the other quote that is just has stuck with me we got rhythm we got rhythm we got pride we got pride we birth kings we birth kings we birth tribes we birth tribes Holy river, holy river, holy tongue, holy tongue. Speak the glory, speak the glory, feel the love, feel the love. Motherland, motherland, drip on me. Hey, hey, Mm. hey. Motherland, motherland, drip on me. Hey, hey, hey. I can't forget my history. It's herstory. Motherland, drip on me. Motherland, motherland, drip on me. Well, listen, the motherland, I told everybody the other night that we're all from Africa. I'm (laughs) African-American. We're all African-American. I mean, you're right. You are right. We've been from Africa. Africa was the only land in which mother was right. there and you, you know right. what and then then mother started sleeping you know whether who, whoever she was sleeping with 
you know, she started different shades. And then the next thing you know, I was born. They don't call it the cradle of civilization being Africa for nothing. So black parade. <laughs> so what's the next? So release? Tiana Taylor, speaking of black, black parade, oh, Tiana Taylor. Sidebar. I just want to acknowledge that last week on the episode, I said we were doing protest music this week. Yes. But the musical God spoke they and there was so much today. new music that we have to push that. So not today, on. not just, tomorrow. But so this go week on. is yes. Tiana Taylor. The album came <laughs> out. So I have been waiting for this album we reviewed a few songs from the show overall i feel like the singles we reviewed have been pretty consistent i think something to to really acknowledge about tiana and this album again shows up is that she is heavily influenced by 90s r&b and her tone of voice how she approaches the music it is there there is this this sense of um pride with knowing that she loves 90s music which i'm here for dj camper was involved mm-hmm. um, we love dj camper she i'm work. i'm happy that she diversified who she worked with mm-hmm. um and it shows up there's 20 some songs which 23 feels like a lot it's like an hour and 15 minutes long but what i want to say and this is just basically because the last album was 30 minutes so it makes sense <laughs> but what i want to say is the album i want to also just I'll, what I want to say is, over, I'll tell you what how I feel about the album in it. But what I want to say is that the album opens up with this call to nine one one, and we were listening to it. And it was pretty long, and we we're like, "What's happening? Like, yeah, because this is weird." Like, and what you is even this? said you were like, "Is this like an actual?" Well, I can call? confirm that it actually was a call yeah, by um, her husband, Iman, Iman and he. This is actually real a real call. Like she was giving, she gave birth to her firstborn. Mm-hmm at home right and he was crying and there was moments of you know and this was like i think this was her way of like giving us a peek into a, her story that no one knew yeah because i didn't know that neither it did i really, it was very emotionally raw um but i would say the album overall it's on repeat until i have further defined opinion <laughs> it's super sexualized which it makes is, sense but that's I feel her like that's on brand for her i and feel him. like she is legs up booty up and make him go Ooh. yes let's bring somebody in maybe one or two whoever and whatever overall i goes. think that it's definitely more mature than her last album mm-hmm. because it is more sexualized um if this album is any indication of why she's pregnant we know why. <laughs> um, but overall, I'm here for it. The album is cute. And I think that the imagery that we've been given from this album, here for her. It started out on what I would describe as shaky ground because, you know, of, of everything that you described as far yes. as the 911 call is concerned. That was a little jarring for me personally. I wasn't expecting it. And it was just kind of like, wait, what is this? What's happening? What's going on? Um, but, you know, obviously it's her album. She can do what she wants. Um, so indeed, after that, there is um, the first song, which is a song that starts out with Rick Ross. He is literally one of my least favorite rappers. So at first I went into this thinking, oh, because I thought I, I thought from what we've heard from the other songs that have come out, except for that one. And I don't like that's the sample. Which one? It's the one that is a sample. I don't like it. But on the album? Yeah. But the other song. This most recent one. Yes. With Missy Elliott. The no, Boom Like no, a no, no, Away. That, that wasn't like out before. This was a song oh, that was out yeah, before. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, once we got beyond the rocky beginning, for me, I would say that this album is amazing. Um, to your I'm point, you said 23 you tracks. That, you know, it feels like a lot, but when you really sit back and just listen, I was like, she's taking us on a journey. And guess what? I am ready for this journey. Ooh. Okay. And you're I so think- nasty. The recent weeks, though, I have realized that you're a low-key nasty hoe. Like, you low-key like the nasty Is it low-key, though? 
You it is and because you're behind Christian. these closed doors because you it? are a Christian <laughs> okay. and you don't press record on uh, and tell people your business. <laughs> no, so well, that's true. I mean, you I in don't these tell streets wearing business. a prayer cloth and talking about that no. T-shirt on your panties on is your not. shit. <laughs> so, uh, to your point, it is definitely sexually frank. Mm. So let let's be clear about that. And you know, if like you don't like your kids too. listening to sexy music, then you need to be alone when you listen to this. Um, but what I would say is um, I have a lot of favorite tracks. Really? Wake Up Love, which is the song we reviewed last yes. week. I absolutely, the singles have been good. Yes, I absolutely love it. Low Key featuring Erica Badu is That's one that good. I really like. Mm-hmm. 1-800-1-NIGHT, which That's I DJ also Camper. think is DJ Camper. It yes. Is. I like that one. I like Morning featuring Kaylani. These are the nasty songs. Oh my God. And I like um, Boomin featuring Missy Elliott and Future. Do you need to go on? You need to be celibate in these, in these motherfucking playlists. Why do I need to be celibate? Because these playlists are getting nasty. You might need a um, You might need to get an X-rated playlist on Spotify. Um, yes, like a boudoir. In the Ooh, that would be cute. We might need to develop yes. that. Um, and then um, we got love, which is the last song. Oh, that's um, cute. Featuring Lauren Hill. Miss so this Lauren is Hill. on motherfucking repeat for me because she did that. She did the thing. She did the damn thing. Mm. She put it down. I fell in love. Um, that's a brandy yeah, reference. Brandy, end of July. Um, Cannot wait for B seven. Yes, and this was right on time for me. So please go out and support this woman because she is making some really good. She's music not even right thirty now. years old yet. That's insane. That just makes me feel old. All right, so moving on, another album that came out this week oh, is nasty. my other husband. He, the bitch, your first husband. He has done it again. And when I, you know, whenever I say my other husband, I'm usually mentioning or um, referring to John Legend. And he's finally come out with his latest album, which is called Bigger Love. Um, and from the very first track, I was just pulled right in immediately. Uh, my fave tracks are Ooh La, which is the first That's track. That's one of my tra- favorite songs, too. Um, uh, well, you didn't give us our, your favorite tracks from Tiana, though. I said that I need to digest it before. Oh, I you did say. Decision. Okay, you did say that. Okay, that's Look fine. at our social media. You'll find out this yes. week on Wednesday when I ask you what you think. Yes, that's fine. Okay, and um, Actions, which is a song that was previously out. That's Actions. one of my favorites. I actually wish he had called the album Actions instead of Bigger Love because I think it's the better song. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bigger Love, I feel like, is the vibe he was trying to go yes. for. And, and it's more of kind of like pop. Mm-hmm. Um and wild is a song that I like, hmm. as well as you move, I move. Well, there's a theme and favorite place. Oh. So I do feel like there's kind of like this little theme that's going on because I feel like both Tiana and John are trying to help along this little baby boom that we've we been don't hearing need about. That. And I think there's going to be some babies made on these records, especially Tiana. Well, I think overall this album though for John, I th- oh, I want to highlight John as an artist that John has an egot. Mm-hmm. That's at Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, he is Very rare. most recently the one that has received such. Um, and he is one of the very few black people um, that have that, um, you know, really great honor. Whoopi Goldberg is another person that mm-hmm. has it. So this album, I feel like, is growth for him. And when I'm saying growth is think about the arc of John Legend's career. John Legend was this R&B artist that was very um, genre-ed, mm-hmm. that he was working with specific artists. Kanye's Kanye, production, especially and, that first album. And it felt like it just was, you. I didn't. we didn't know mm-hmm. what the future was. Then he had Ordinary People, which was a huge song, wedding song, people love it. And then... He had various other projects come out. But this album, I feel like he did a really good job at honoring his past with actions, but then highlighting his future with songs like 
I do with Garth Pugh, which is the executive producer. I agree with that 100 percent, because when I I went to listen to it again, um, I feel that same way. Like it's a nod to that first album, which in full disclosure is not my favorite John Legend album. album. Um, But it's a nod to that. But then also like a mixture of that. But then where he is and where he's going, because it feels like the a marrying of that album and then his most recent album, which is literally like my favorite John Legend album was the album that came out before this one. I I think that he he's shown great growth and as an artist, but also restraint as an artist as well. Um, this is an example of just that, of that. He has worked with very, very diverse people. Mm-hmm. Raphael Sadiq actually is an executive producer on every single song. On this album? Uh, on, on mo- like, I would say yeah. 80 or 90% Because I think of the he songs. worked with him on the last one. Yes, and on the Christmas album that he did. So mm. Raphael... Oh, I hear Raphael all up and through that And Christmas I was album. surprised when I was looking at this. So those of you that have title, if you're ever interested about who wrote, who produced, etc., mm-hmm. you can look at the info on title and it's credits. that is credits yep. that you will see who played the bass, background, produce, right. what the studio um, lead, Which whatever it is. Which is to show you again that like title really is like about the music and yes. about the artists. DJ Camper was on here for two songs he did I'm Ready and Always. Mm-hmm. Um, Raphael Sadiq, I was mentioned. One Life actually was produced by Anderson Pack. Um, Cautious Clay, who was an artist that is someone that we've talked about previously. He had an EP that was out. Uh, he opened um, for, he did his own little tour, but he wrote a few songs. Um, Oak is another producer he worked with who has worked like with Alessia. Oak? Uh, no, it just said Oak. Um, worked with Alessia Cara, Nicki Minaj, Demi Lovato, Kelly Clarkson. He's worked with very diverse artists. Mm-hmm. But overall, top songs for me, Ula, I Do, One Life, Actions, I'm Ready. This album is on repeat um, because I do think that, again, it, it is growth as an artist. And I, 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 highlight our, I think we should highlight and honor artists that show us growth and yeah. they don't give us the same because then it becomes exhausting agreed obviously it's on repeat for me um i hadn't said that yet but it was pretty you much did. implied you and said it was on repeat i did did mm-hmm. i say that in the beginning you most certainly did okay well good um and i also can't wait until he announces um his rescheduled tour dates because we're going well speaking of a moment her is someone that we love and we have loved her since she's come out with her first ep just as a highlight, her has not released a debut album, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, however, she has given us bodies of work, dozens of songs. Um, and this new song, "I Can't Breathe," is so powerful. The lyrics um, are definitely how many of us in this nation are feeling. Um, those of you that had title, there's they actually have introduced this commentary most I love recently. It. Yeah. Alicia Keys did it with her song. Yeah. Um, her did it with her song now. Her is someone that we're seeing develop as an artist um, really effortlessly without a debut album. Like, we know the kind of artist she's, she is, and she hasn't even given us a debut album. Like, that there is power. This song is amazing. It's a protest song, but it also is an, a song that I think is honest and true to her journey in this. This song is on repeat for me. The The visual is pretty powerful as well because um, it shows what's happening in the nation um, and how it has impacted various communities, but specifically the black community. So, yeah. And you know, in that commentary that you mentioned, she talks about how she wanted to address what's going on right now. And, you know, it's basically a, a um, outgrowth of, of conversations she's been having both with herself and with people in her life, you know, and other people in general. Yes. Um, and that she wants to spread love. And I, it's also definitely on repeat for me. The uh, interesting thing about her for me is I feel like her 
what really sets her apart in this current landscape of music, because she's also fairly young. I think she's in her twenties, early twenties. Um, is that she has the musicianship of a John Legend, yes, or an Alicia Keys, or a Stevie Wonder. Like she is a continuation of that type of artistry, where she plays like I don't know multiple instruments. I think she plays like maybe nine or ten instruments. That's and crazy. How she played a whole motherfucking band? Exactly. And it's like this bitch you know, is a jazz band in the vein of a prince. You know what I mean? It's 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 we don't see. these types of artists that much anymore rise to the level where she Mm -hmm. is. And I think that for that reason alone, she will always be one of my faves just because I want to support that type of artistry. And I want to support the next little black girl or little black boy who, you know, loves instruments and wants to play music and not sing, just sing auto tune or mumble rap. And that, and and, and, you know, that's not to say that there's not a place for those other things. Banjo (laughs) and play the harmonica and then also introduce the recorder to your life and then maybe you'll have a band but i just i really think (laughs) that there's so much value in that and that's what i see in her i see the future of that and that just just makes me really really happy give us a debut album though girl i know she she really should should give us an album but you know in the middle of this song she has a whole poem um you know spoken word moment that happens and it's just really, really great. And um, yeah, again, it's Listen, definitely stream, on repeat. Support, support it. Please support it. Please support it. Um, and then the last song is um, Victoria Monet um, and Khalid. It's called Experience. I'm not in the right headspace for this one. It's on shuffle for now. Um, so this is an, another song that she's released. She has a date. She has an EP coming out in July. Um, that was announced as a part of this this single. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like her. This, I feel like she's getting a lot of recognition as an artist because she's worked with big names like Ariana Grande right. she and Normani mm-hmm. um, as a songwriter. She also just was, we talked about her last week with the Chloe and Holly album. So she was on that album as a songwriter. Um, oh, that's such a good album. I, that is. And I, it's still on repeat. And All I these think albums. <laughs> Victoria Monet, like I'm, I'm here for her. You know, I... I'm supporting her. Like she gave us a whole mood um, with some of the songs that she's released. Wasn't she the one that performed on Late Night? And you were like, "Who?" Yeah, is this she had one? a moment. And, and she also had a song that we didn't review called "Dive." That, and in hindsight, I wish we had talked about it's it. It's also that's nasty. amazing. But this this one, you, you go ahead. She's an artist that I'm ready for this EP. I think that she's defining who she is, um, and she's showing us through this bodies of work. I feel like this is just an extension of the vibe that Say So has given us, and the, and also. Um, Taylor Park, who we talked about last week, that whole seventies like like vibe, mm-hmm. soul, the disco, disco ish. Yeah. Said last so week. I'm here for it, and I'm gonna repeat this. Okay, that's cute. And that's fine. Yeah, I mean, she even um had t- taken to social media earlier in, earlier in the week. Um, before the song was released and kind of just explained that she had been having mixed feelings about releasing the song. I'm just considering the current climate, but that, you know, she and I'm sure the label and Khalid and Khalid's label and all the people, I don't even know if they're on the same label, but the decision was made that they would move forward with releasing it. So I'm glad that you like it. But for me, it's just just not for me right now. I support everyone black. (laughs) All right. So that ends shuffle and repeat and um, there's only one story this week in the political realness. Mm-hmm. 
And it's the Trump rally that happened in Tulsa. Oh, that's not a rally, girl. That was a gathering. So if you don't know, um, uh, King Shitstein uh, had actually first had the plan to have his rally in Tulsa, actually on Juneteenth, and I think like 90 or 100 years after the Tulsa race massacre. Mm-hmm. And obviously there was a lot of controversy in that and blowback. Um, I'm convinced that that was the Intention. evil, racist, fucking white supremacist minion Stephen Miller who comes up with all this shit when you see that the president is doing these mm-hmm. things that have historical reference because obviously our president has no historical references on At his all. own. The only thing he knows is that he had Celebrity Apprentice. Yes, and history was a subject that was taught in school and he probably skipped all the classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but... This uh, rally was actually moved from the 19th to the 20th. So it just happened over the weekend. And there was all this um, interest in it. And um, Trump's people were saying. They were literally going on various networks saying. We have a million people who have have, Mm -hmm. uh, expressed interest in tickets. We -hmm. expect we'll have 100,000 people that will come to Tulsa. We'll have overflow, even though this place only holds 19,000 people. And I think they even built this stage for him to come out. And he was going to walk across this stage. And and the mm -hmm. overflow of people that were going to be on the streets of Tulsa. Well, child, guess how many people actually showed up. It was a family reunion. 6,200 seats were filled out of the 19,000 capacity. Mm-mm. And this and is according this is according Instagram? to the um the fire marshal. So I mm. think that those numbers are accurate. Do you see on Instagram people started writing started drawing f- stick figures in the empty seats? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, it was Twitter. It was Twitter. They were that, like that's really Trump great. had a full rally and it was like a whole <laughs> bunch of seats that had red it was red <laughs> stick figures. So, you know, it in the aftermath of this because it really was kind of a disaster for him and for his reelection campaign. Um, you know, what his people are saying is that 12,000 people went through the metal detectors. So that number is a way off that 6,200. Um, and then number. they also said that I read one of the people that work on the camp, which sidebar six people that were actually a part of the campaign. Um, tested positive tested the day, positive of, the day the of. So they, they didn't reference that in the things yes. I read. But I mm-hmm. also read that the person that was interviewed said that they had a strong a strong showing all things considered okay. and that we should see what biden would have with his rallies. Oh, please. But listen, Biden wasn't going on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and And all the networks saying, hey. Because Biden is not going to have that many people in one room because it's not safe. But he's not saying, I'm going to have millions of people and and it's going to be, you know, the silent majority is is louder than ever. The silent majority didn't show up, bitch. So (laughs) I want you to know 6,000 people in a state that is like, historically red oh like he, he won in um in oklahoma by 30 some odd points like it's historically 30, red 30 and points. the fact that six thousand people for whatever reason decided to show but the other six thousand went through the metal detectors and went home <laughs> shows you that there were decisions made after they got patted down that they decided <laughs> not to that's bullshit i don't believe them you know they always have fucking excuses the other excuse was that um there were radical protesters that were actually blocking the metal detectors. Oh, um, and it's like, okay, so there were protesters who were blocking 
the metal detectors, but, but twelve thousand people, people still went through, through. and only six thousand sat. But down. only six thousand got to their seats. Ah, one of these things, one of these ingredients are sour. <laughs> None of these numbers add up. It's no surprise that the numbers don't add up. But I have to say that this warmed my warmed the cockles of my heart. I mean, I hope it just shows up. It I shows hope up so too. too. Because I'm fine one thing with that 6, the media, 000, but there's also a lot of people out in these streets that voted that don't want to say they voted. But for one it, thing so. the media was saying too was that um, don't overestimate the effect that a the pandemic had yes. on his people coming out, and b on the hype that the campaign was using and saying mm-hmm. that a hundred thousand people were going to descend on the streets of Tulsa. And they were like, we're not going. So then how many people saw that and were scared and said, I'm, I, I no, I'm not going to mm-hmm. be, you know, in the streets with a hundred thousand people. And that could also be part of it. There's also the theory that the K-pop. Yes. So there was this white woman who um, allegedly was so upset about his first plan to have the rally. Um, in Tulsa, um, on Juneteenth, mm-hmm. you know, on an anniversary of the race massacre. So she she did a video on TikTok of all places. She's a grown not ass TikTok. woman. She She's a, a grown ass woman too. She's ooh, an adult. She's not she a child. Grandkids. But she made a video where she told people that they should express interest in the tickets and then not show up. Mm-hmm. A la, um, what was that? Fifty Cent, Fifty Cent, and Ja Rule. When 50 Cent bought the yes, front row yes, tickets yes, 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 and yes, yes. then <laughs> the front yes. rows were empty. So it was that whole thing. And yeah, what they said so this was that the K-pop fans caught wind of this and it went viral. Not the K-pop. And they think that's why they had the million. BTS fans. Essentially. And they said that's why they think they had the million people who were, quote unquote, interested. Campaign then comes out and says, well, we were weeding out the people who were fakes. And it's like. No, you weren't. You're not that fucking sophisticated. Well, so whatever it was, I'm so glad that this bastard had his, you know, rally with stick figures, imaginary people not the in rally the seats. With stick figure. Um, and I really am continuing to wish him all the worst. Oh, all right, <laughs> all right. So what very is your word quickly, of the week, bitch? The word of the week is a word I used um, at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. It is um, vestiges. Um, and it is spelled mm, V E S as in mm-hmm. Sam, T yeah. as in Tom, yes. I as in ice cream, G as in George, E as in Edward, S as in Sam. And what it means is a trace, mark, or visible sign left by something such as an ancient city or condition or practice vanished or lost. So I actually refer to the vestiges of slavery. When I was talking about like Confederate flags and um, Confederate statues, um, so yeah, that's what I means. hope early November the vestiges of Donald Trump is gone. <laughs> you hope that in 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 well, when be November will be next year. Actually, but I hope he that he's vote. I office. hope that the vestiges. Is so out. in January, you hope that there the are only vestiges of yeah, Trump only left. vestiges of. Uh, I'm on a veg- I'm on an all vestiges diet, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well we want we want to thank everyone for listening to our podcast we also want to say please remind you to rate review and sub- subscribe to our podcast on all streaming services and also as we mentioned earlier on the show we were on the glow up this week thank you casey and we were sad that we Naomi wasn't there but please listen to that episode that also dropped today and we'll be in these streets doing the most while ray is in these streets washing his hands oh okay <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back next week.